Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, boxing fans around the world. We got our weekend of boxing headed up our way, and we got pretty decent fights. I wouldn't say they're amazing fights, but they're decent fights. And if you're in the UK, you're probably a little bit more excited than the rest of us. But I'm going to just break down what I see that I believe is worth your time. I'm not making an absolute statement, but I think that some of these are probably worth your time. If for only the entertainment value, temporarily entertainment value. And I want to just be clear. It's not that I hate any of these guys or many of them I don't follow, but I just think that vast majority of these people, it's they're, they're the so-called B tier and in some cases C tier. So it's not, you're not watching to be really entertained overall. Cause I doubt you're going to see that with a lot of these. It's more that, you know, it's a long time coming or they're kind of vying for a title shot of the future. And we have to see what the future holds with many of these. A new fight got slipped in that's scheduled to happen today on Showtime, hopefully not pay-per-view. I believe it's Showbox uh, that got slipped in for tonight. Jermaine Ortiz versus Nair Albright. I don't know anything about either guy at all. Um, it is Showbox. I did confirm that. Yeah. Don't know anything about either guy. I do know that Jermaine Ortiz, he struggled a lot in his last fight. Um, for whatever reason, he just couldn't pull it out. And he's been you know, one of those eye test fighters and he, he comes across as, Hey, this is, he's the future and he's going to do this and lightweights. I want all the smoke. And I've, I worked with Lomachenko and I want all the big names. He did all that stuff. He's like one of the, I wouldn't call him overly brash, but he is kind of out there, but, and he talks a lot, but it, he just didn't show up in his most recent fight. He was getting wrecked, <laughs> frankly. And I think it went to a draw. If I recall uh, what that outcome was. So it, it didn't look overly impressive. So him being back now to kind of show up again. Okay. We have to see, was that a one off thing? Cause he did have a pretty decent rise early on. He's like one of those prospect levels. He had a decent rise early on. Uh, but, and I think he's, I think he's partially promoted by Mike Tyson, believe it or not. I think, I don't know that hundred percent. I might be way off, uh, but I know absolutely nothing about the guy he's fighting. So I'm assuming my theory is what happens is he's taking a slightly step down so that he can say, Hey, I'm still here. Don't worry about it. And kind of rebuild after a really terrible performance. He did call out a rematch on that one and it hasn't happened. And we don't know if it's going to happen. That was uh, Joseph Adorno who Joseph Adorno. I would consider him a pretty solid fighter. I wouldn't say he's top level, but he's certainly a threat to the majority of the division. Uh, he's a really good competitor. And so I'm, I'm not saying that, you know, Ortiz shouldn't have lost or draw, not lost, but I'm not saying that Ortiz should not have been able to win. I'm saying that in this situation, it was just because of the build of this dude, you expect a little bit more out of him, I guess is kind of what I'm trying to say in summary. It's like you expect more, but sometimes guys will step up and that's what happens. Like Felix Rodejo, the guy they call the boxing's next Cotto and boxing's next Trinidad. So that's happened tonight. 9 p.m. Eastern. It says 9 p.m. Pacific, but I don't see how that's possible. It's probably 6 p.m. Pacific is my guess. Uh, and that's out in Florida. If you're in the Florida area, the Caribou Royale is where that's being held. And that's Showtime, Showbox, so you should be able to get it for free. Tomorrow, that's where the big stuff happens. Of course, the, the grudge match. Amir Khan versus Kell Brook. That's happening on mostly Sky Sports, but ESPN is dual broadcasting. And that's in Manchester. And that's a, that's been years, almost a decade, I believe. Might've even been over a decade, a long time coming, a grudge match to these two guys. They really couldn't stand each other. 
And there's old interviews where they're just taking shots at each other. And really Khan, all he can say, you know, the funny thing with these two, Amir Khan, he has, I believe they were sex tapes or sex photos or something leaked. Right. And then, or a nude photo, something he got leaked. And so he's been all this controversy. And then Kel Brook, he had that situation where apparently he had gotten stabbed and it was like, he went to some dude's place at 2 AM. And the theory was that there was some sketchy business going on between dude and dude. If you don't get what I'm saying. So both guys had had this sort of controversy. Well, they do this press release with these guys and they're just taking these shots at each other. And partially in jest, they're kind of smiling a little bit, but you can tell that there's really bad blood between the two. When they finally did the face off though, I was really concerned for, uh, excuse me, Amir Khan. And people are like, wait, you're crazy. When I look at Amir Khan, it almost screams overconfidence. Like he looks like he feels, and because he's been training with Big Mac, sorry, Bo Mac and Terrence Crawford and kind of practicing, but you know, let's put it in perspective. Bomack said even during the presser that, well, Kelbrook gave up after three rounds. Kelbrook dominated each of those rounds by a jab. So we, it's not like he was not in the fight. He was in the fight arguably better than Amir Khan, although he wasn't there as long because for whatever reason, he ate that shot and he didn't behave like a fighter, like Sean Porter said. So we don't know what happened with Kelbrook if something was off with him or the eye or something just went weird. All we know is that Kelbrook arguably beat Crawford on every round prior to that stoppage. And then the stoppage was a little bit weird. And then they were laughing about it after the fight. It almost felt like a setup, like Kel Brook was there to take a dive and just take the check. And Bomack on one interview even said, yeah, he just took the check and he left. And I, I can't remember if it was Mauro Ranallo or one of the announcers that night that said, yeah, take your two million and go back to whatever. So we knew that there's probably like, okay, showed up to get a check, get paid. He was out of the fight game for a little bit. He had a couple of wins, but he was nowhere near the level of draw and he was struggling in some of his past fights. So when Crawford took the fight, this is a lesser version of Brooke. He had already had his one eye socket shattered by Golovkin, then the other eye socket shattered by Spence. So we already knew that he was kind of damaged going into the Crawford fight. And as a result, we didn't think that he was going to be able to survive too long. And then he goes in there and he basically wins every round prior to that stoppage. And then the stoppage is kind of weird because you could even see Brooke was still kind of evading shots. He didn't really eat significant amounts of clean. He ate some, but not to the degree you would think. And so the stoppage was just strange overall. It seemed like Kel just showed up to take a check and went home. Whereas Khan, he was landing the jab. He gets dropped early off of a, off of a counter. And then, but he's still jabbing. And then of course Crawford squares up and tosses a low blow. It's a blatant low blow. Go back and watch it. I have the footage. He, it's a blatant low blow to get Khan out of there. And then ref gives him the five. The coroner says, nope, we're done. We're, we're going. We're not going to do this anymore. So we don't know with either guy what what if, what if, coulda, woulda, shoulda. What we do know is that we're dealing with two guys who both seem to some have some initial success against Crawford. And then something happens. Some sketchy business happens, which creates asterisks on Crawford's record. So then it was weird for Khan to go get trained by Big Mac to uh, Bomac to help him for two reasons. One, because Bomac had trashed him in the, on the media after the fact, calling him a quitter and all this other stuff, but also because Bomac, him being, he, he was a past heavyweight for those who didn't know that and they didn't understand Ingle in the interview because of his accent. Bomac used to be a heavyweight, but he was basically a jobber as we call it in the wrestling business or a journeyman, as they call it in the boxing business, where he was pretty much getting knocked out at will. It, it was almost like, you know, there's guys out there that uh, just or uh, 
Christian Late. You know, he's like one of the guys has the worst record in all of boxing history, right? But he hadn't been knocked out nearly as much as Bomack. And so it's like, okay, the Ingle brings that up. It's like, okay, since you've been knocked out so many times, you can help Khan kind of cope with getting knocked down. I thought it was a great line. And, you know, Bomack, I keep wanting to call him Big Mac. Bomack is getting all upset. He's yelling, he's screaming, he's crass, he's cussing. And the moderator who sucked, Basically, he's trying to calm him down and say, hey, look, no swearing. We keep it clean. We apologize for the swearing here. And it just kind of goes off the rails. But my question the whole time was, why wasn't Bomack doing this kind of promotion for any Crawford's fight? He's quiet the vast majority of the time. And then all of a sudden here, he's stepping it up and he's loud and he's helping to sell the fight because that's really what he's doing. He's helping to sell the fight. And you know why he's doing it? Because he knows that his reputation is partially on the line. Because if Khan goes in there and he gets sparked out by Kell Brook, this version of Kell Brook, it looks really bad on Bomack because it basically says, just like with Freddie Roach and Manny Pacquiao, you're a one-fight wonder. You're able to train this dude, and it probably is just natural skill of that guy, and it's not anything you're really doing to help him. I give Bomack credit for keeping Crawford kind of in reign to say he's not going to lose his cool and keep his composure. But some of that's inside. We know Crawford has a temper issue. And so Bomack was able to temper that against Sean Porter. We see that that's cool. But at the same time, we also see Crawford getting outboxed on the regular. Well, it, him getting outboxed and not being able to teach Crawford some of those defensive fundamentals. So he's not eating shots and taking two pieces like he did against Cavalaskis. That makes me concerned for Amir Khan, because if that means that, Bomack is not teaching those fundamentals, just like when he was a heavyweight and he was getting knocked out cold. You know, we have to take that into consideration. I think Ingle has a point. As a result, I'm leaning slightly, and I stress slightly, towards Special K, Kell Brook, in this fight. I'm leaning that way for one main reason. It has nothing to do with Kell Brook's skill at this point. When I saw the face-off, this is where I'm going with this, when I saw the face-off, Khan looked overconfident. He looked like, okay, I went with the guys that were able to beat me and the guys that were able to beat Brooke, and so they're going to teach me what I need to know in order to beat Kell Brook. Here's the trump card, though. The trump card is Khan himself. His pattern has always been he looks brilliant in the first half of the fight, let's say, and then invariably he makes a mistake and gets caught, with the exception of Brady's Prescott, who was able to exploit him early. Every other fight, he's looked brilliant early, and then he gets clipped sometime later. And then depending on the fighter that he's against, that fighter either will or will not be able to take advantage of it. Let's talk about Khan when he fought against Chino, Maidana. Maidana was getting soundly outboxed for the early parts of the fight, and then Maidana catches him roughly around midway of the fight, and Khan is on Bambi legs. I remember that whole round. He's just on Bambi legs, and Khan's able to pull it out, but people are really like, okay, there's something to this where he looks brilliant up to a point, and then all of a sudden he gets something happens and he either gets stopped, knocked out cold, or whatever it is. It's a pattern every single time, every single time. Then you take a guy like Pauli Malinaji. When Khan fought Pauli Malinaji, this was years ago. This is like over a decade ago. Khan was able to stop Pauli Malinaji. That's an impressive outcome for that, that time. Because Pauli Malinaji was one of the best jabbers at the time. And then Khan was basically able to blitz him because of, you know, the size difference and the speed difference that we saw. Okay, but that's Pauli Malinaji, right? It's different. So I when he's in certain, when he gets certain fighters, he just, for whatever reason, is he shows up early and then something happens and then all hell breaks loose. And we've seen that pattern over and over again, which to me 
favors Kell Brook. It favors his ability to time punches. That's why he was able to win so many rounds against Crawford is and Spence too, is his ability to time when he needs to throw a shot. The question is whether he can take a punch. Now, we know that Kell could take a punch, but he gets hurt and he seems to react to it much more than he used to, likely because of the eye socket damage. Then the question comes of whether Khan has enough and he's able to land enough and solid enough at this stage of himself to cause enough damage to make that reaction happen. People can go back to Khan's fight against Canelo and say, well, he was landing at will on Canelo and Canelo wasn't reacting, but that's Canelo. Canelo was huge. Even though they were the same weight, Canelo was always a more stout fighter, certainly than Kell Brook, even though Kell Brook had gone up to the upper weight classes, he's never been like that stout kind of guy that's able to take significant punches for a sustained period of time. So the best analog I can tell you, if you're trying to do some kind of fight compare from my opinion, there's nobody that really is like, you know, Amir Khan that fights stylistically like Amir Khan. And the version of Kell Brook we're dealing with is a far cry from the version that we saw way back in the yesterday. So I don't think there's any strong comparison. I will say this though, Kell Brook has still been able to pull it out in his last few fights, even though he hasn't looked amazing. He's been able to pull it out and get wins that are pretty decent wins. So I don't think he's completely done as a fighter. I do think he's very close, maybe one or two more fights after this. And then that's it to try to think about, okay, what, really is going on him being stabbed we got to take that into consideration about what impact did that have on him emotionally where is his mind he's nowhere near the same confident guy he was before this was a dude that was walking around chocolate brownness and and really you know pumped and selling and active and energized when you look at him now he looks like he's just there he's going through the motions Bomat called that out and we hope that we don't see that because if he tries to go through the motions against Kel, uh, Amir Khan, Amir Khan's going to catch him with something. So Brooks seems to say pretty frequently that he's here and he wants this and he wants to prove that he can take out Amir Khan because it's kind of a blood grudge. But I look at Amir Khan and I just see overconfidence, which I think might be his downfall as it's been in past fights. That's the only statement I've got. It's not about skill in this one. I don't see because the skill I think is just different types of skill, but the skill is roughly equivalent from my eyes. It feels like it's just overconfidence that may get him hurt. And when he gets hurt, then can the other person pull it out? He was hurt against Chino Maidana and ultimately Chino couldn't get it done because Chino's not been that much of a finisher. Khan was able to take out Judah but Judah was a pale shadow of himself by that point. He was not as motivated as he once was. So, and I could go on and on. And then of course, what happened with Danny Swift? So we, we can't know how this is going to pan out. The other thing I'll point out as far as fundamental and comparison with Khan specifically, if I go by the Algeri fight, most people felt like Chris Algeri did enough to beat Amir Khan. I watched that fight. I felt like, I felt like Chris Algieri came very, very close to beating Amir Khan. Whether he deserved to get his hand raised or not, I, I don't say. But I think he came very close to beating Amir Khan. I honestly do. And Chris Algieri, from a precision aspect, is very close to what Kell Brook was before he fought Terrence Crawford. So from comparison's sake, 
Now, of course, that's like seven years ago. That's age is going to play a factor, but precision, I think, will play a factor. We know Khan is precise. We know Brooke is precise. So it's going to come down to who's more precise. And I just suspect that Khan will look brilliant early and then get caught with something because he's overconfident and he makes a mistake and leaves himself open, which Bomac probably tried to work on. But he, my theory is Bomac's not good enough to patch that hole in Khan because remember, every time Khan takes a loss, every time he's taken a loss in the past, he's shifted trainers because he blazed the trainer for when he takes those losses. First, it was Harrison. Then it was Rubio, then Roach. He had Roach for a while. And then Virgil Hunter, he had Hunter for a while. Joe Guzan, and then he was back to Virgil Hunter. And I think he's with Hunter now, but then it's Bomac technically is kind of, I don't know if Virgil Hunter's still a co-train or whatever, but I know we know Bomac's in there now. So dude, I mean, geez, was that six different trainers? Over the span of his pro career, it's not unusual to switch trainers, but it is unusual to switch trainers every time you take a loss because you're blaming the trainer for something where it might just be inside. It might just be that there's something fundamentally not working with you as a fighter and, or you're not showing up when you get in the ring. So at the end of the day, I think personal opinion, my call, my prediction, and it's not a solid prediction. Cause I'm not even sure. Cause both guys are kind of on the outs, but I, my theory from just looking at them is Connell coming over confident. Connell will look brilliant in the first part of the fight. Kell Brook will eventually catch him with something. Whether that stops him or knocks him out, I can't say. I Something tells me it goes the distance. And I, I say that because as much as they talk on the pressers and everything, I get the sense that neither guy's going to really be engaging and that they're both going to be tentative. I certainly know Khan's going to fight tentative. He always fights t- reasonably tentative. He doesn't engage like he used to before Danny put the no-look hook on him and put him out. So that's my prediction. And I, I probably will watch the fight if only to see whether my prediction is correct. Uh, because if my prediction is correct about Khan's overconfidence, of course, that'll, that'll mean that Big Mac sucks as a trainer. And ultimately, the skills we see from Crawford are really just Crawford. It's nothing but Big Mac's doing. Bo Mac, sorry. Bo Mac's doing. He's just a guy. And he's not really contributing to a significant degree to what Crawford's doing. It's all part of Crawford anyway. And it didn't matter who's in the corner. For Crawford, Crawford would still behave the same way with the exception of kind of calming him down from losing his cool. So that one's upon us. And it's exciting, I think, to know, you know, basically who's more washed out. It is a shame it didn't happen long, long ago. We were talking so many years of of waste and apparently it was all in the, the negotiations where they couldn't get it done. It was never that they didn't want to fight each other. It's it's all political and negotiations and a side and Khan apparently got what he wanted this time around. And that's what made the fight happen. We had to basically give Khan what he wanted. That may play a factor as well, right? That Brooke may be like, okay, this is what you did. And this is what it took to get you in the ring. Now I'm committed to treating you like Canelo did and putting you to sleep and knocking you out. And let's be clear. Kel Brook can put the man to sleep if he wants to, if he really squares up and especially if he comes in massive, he can put Khan to sleep. He could just, Depends on Khan making that one mistake. If Khan makes the mistake that he's made consistently in his career, then yeah, he can get put to sleep and it's pretty easy. And it seems like it's easy to wobble him. So what we'll to watch and see what that all turns out to be. And on another note, I'm going to cover one other fight. Although there's a couple other ones, I'm going to cover one other fight because it's the one that I think is more, 
is more you know relevant or worth your time i guess in my opinion this is all my opinion and zara abdolif versus jorge Linares, super lightweight that's on espn that's taking place in russia the reason i called that one out we don't know with what's going on in russia i'd be surprised if this one goes on and if it does that it happens still in russia because of what's going on out there because i'm pretty sure jorge Linares came from outside which means you'd have to you'd have to They'd have to work hard to make that fight happen. It's supposed to happen tomorrow, but then they were talking about having it a couple days out. And so I suspect that one gets delayed, but if it does go forward, it's, I think worth fighting because of course, Jorge Linares has been in the mix uh, at lightweight and super lightweight. So keep an eye on that one. Of course, Linares is the one that wobbled Devin Haney, the dream. So, and Jorge Linares is the one that dropped Lomachenko. So he's still a threat. So I think he's worth watching if that one does go forward. I think he's worth your time and attention to keep an eye on him because he may be just that good gatekeeper for the division for any of these guys. Because, you know, at, at some point in the future, that would mean that, you know, CM Punk Cambosas would have to see him, uh, if only because of an eliminator and a mandatory or whatnot. And that would be an interesting fight. I think that would be a great fight uh, to, because of Linares. He's there to win. He tries. It just, he can't pull it out against everybody, but he's there to fight. And so he's worth, I think the time to watch it. The other fight that's there. I don't personally rate it. Javi Munguia and Demetrius Ballard. That's on the zone. Uh, it's tomorrow in Tijuana. I don't think that's worth it. Cause I, I personally think that Munguia is overrated. This is my opinion, but you know, if you're interested in the, those types of fights, I, I personally, my opinion, I understand Munguia's style and I understand how he is in middleweight. Blah, blah, blah. I personally feel like it's going to be a stinker and I can't pin my finger on exactly why I feel that way. I just, there's something about Munguia that doesn't really impress me. Uh, and I can't say what it is specifically. Maybe he shows up and maybe he's able to pull it out. I just, it feels like he isn't, it feels like he's going to possibly stink out the joint. He could go in there and blitz and blow out. And it could be that Demetrius Ballard is just a soft touch that's designed to make Munguia look good and be aggressive and go Mexican style and do all that other stuff. And people are like, yeah, but look at his knockout record and all that. Okay, but look who you knocked out. Like that's that's what I'm saying. If if we talk about who he goes against and who he's been knocking out and who he's been stylistically brilliant against, I'm not, I just don't rate Munguia. Um and I know Munguia fought Gabe Rosado. He's a tough character. Couldn't knock him out. And people are like, well, that's Gabe. Do, do, do. The point is, is that that's why I don't rate his knockout record because when it mattered, you weren't able to get the guy out of there. That's okay. But that's why I don't rate you yet. And I need to see a little bit more about you before I can say that you're the cream of the crop. Right now, you look like a prospect. I know you're not, but you look like one. And I want to see a little bit more. And this is possibly a good fight to test that theory, but I don't find that Demetrius Ballard is going to give much of a test. It feels like a soft touch for him to look impressive and look, you know, when you're sparking out the B tier or the C tier to look all good and all that kind of stuff. Cause you know, you know that Ryan Garcia is kind of turning on you. I'm talking Oscar now, Ryan Garcia is turning on you and you got all this stuff. Canelo turned against you. You got to have your next Mexican star. I understand. I just personal opinion. I don't rate Jaime Maguia. I'm whatever. I want smoke. If you got comments that are respectful, please leave them down below and we'll talk it out. Because that's the whole point of the game is we should be able to talk about it and have our own opinions about how we feel about these fighters as we do what we do. So that's our weekend of boxing. Hopefully you get a chance to dial in, check some of this stuff out. And then, of course, like I said, 
I, I still say it's dry until March. March is when things pick up and that's when I'm going to be doing more hot and heavy coverage. The other thing is uh, subscribers. We hit a hundred subscribers. So we did a pre tribute video on that one. You have to go to the main channel page to see that one. That one's for all you guys. I'd recommend you check that out. And of course, CryptoTalkRadio.net is our main. If you want to check out our other podcasts that are growing rapidly until I, until probably, eh, I don't know if I'm going to cover this one tomorrow. The uh, Con and Brooke. I might. I'll think about it. For sure, I'll be back next Friday. Absolutely sure. But I might do something tomorrow. I'll, I'll play by ear.